0: This is Under the Surface Podcast with me, Adam Smith, and ex-player Marvin Sordell. We're on a quest with Original Penguin and Calm, the campaign against living miserably, to unearth athletes who, despite having amazing careers in the public eye, are having their own personal battles. Join us as we talk about what is happening Under the Surface.
1: On average, 125 people in the UK take their own lives every week, with 75% of all suicides in the UK being male.
0: Marv, Back for Series 2. Big guest today. Delighted to say, kicking off yep. Series 2. I've got his, uh, his stats in front of me. Former centre-back for Leeds United, Newcastle, Real Madrid, Middlesbrough, the mighty Tottenham Oxford and Stoke City. He also played for England on eight occasions too. It is the one, the only, Jonathan Woodgate. A Woody, great to have you with us for Under the Service. And I've got to say, I think you've travelled the furthest yeah. distance to be here today. So tell us about yeah, it's your easy, journey.
2: It's an easy journey. Train from Darlington, two hours twenty easy. Get the tube straight and away, Oxford Circus.
0: And also, we offered to put a car on for him, Marvin. But he, he opted to take the tube. What's up, man? I mean, it's quicker. It is quicker, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it's quicker. Yeah, it's yeah. quicker. Okay, let's get into it. Um, this podcast is all about talking about your highs and your lows in your career. Of yeah. course, we, we want to be um, unearthing some of the difficult times you may have had to help other people. A lot of people going through some very difficult times at the moment, as we know. But let's start by just talking about your career. Eighteen years of age. Making mm. your debut for Leeds United. What was that moment like? A few nerves that day?
2: Yeah, really nervous. I'd say nervous even the night before the game because your debut, mm. you've been told in training you're going to play. Yeah, And as soon as you, the butterflies in you, mm. you'll have had yeah. it, mad. the butterflies in, you, in your stomach are terrible. You can't get much sleep. Trying to eat your pre match meal as yeah. well. It's like, oh. but then when you get on the pitch, it comes naturally yeah. and you know you belong in that arena. It was not as far as the way it was. I was up against Neil Shipley, member Big yeah, centre yeah, forward. Yeah. Neil Shipley played at Crystal Palace yeah. as well. I was like, oh, god, he's going to bully me. But no, it was good. Enjoyed yeah. it.
0: How did you count out the nerves, Marvin? Because you were just nodding your head in agreement there when, when you're mm. playing at such a young age in front of so many people. Talk us through sort of that moment for you as well. Because you, you were nodding it was in was agreement. easier for me, though.
1: Because yeah. I, I found out I was on the bench on the day. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't think I was going to come on. So when I got told I was coming on, there was probably about 30 seconds of nerves yeah. before I was on the pitch. And I was like... Right, <laughs> I'm doing this now. To yeah. I was, I was going to ask, like, do you think it would have been easier if you found out in the, you know, the, the pre-match meeting that you're starting and kind of just being
2: chucked in, or do you mm-hmm. think? I think the reason why David Lee, we did that at the time is so you can tell your parents because yeah. you want to watch your, really? you, want to watch your son play and make his make yeah. his make his debut. That was the reason why I'd done it. Yeah, but I'd still been really nervous, so even they told me in the pre-match meeting, mm. I'd yeah. have been like. I'd probably gone wide, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh. We, always, we always have
0: this with guests as well, we talk about playing against each other. You seem to remember playing against... Definitely against Marvin Stoddell. I, you...
2: cha- I remember he was quick. Yeah. I think he might know. I don't think he scored. <laughs>
0: Just getting that in. I, I probably it's... didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Good player, wouldn't he? To be fair, with not Yeah. Top, top player. Do you remember that occasion? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm you know i slightly younger so I remember watching him play yeah. on many occasions and you know, I, I was fortunate after playing against some amazing defenders. Mm-hmm. I mean... Probably Yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, you know, I played against some amazing players and obviously <clears throat> right up there with, with all of them. Yeah, we'll get into talking about your career and some of the players, because some of the players you played with for, for England, for Real Madrid, Spurs. I mean, you played with some, some, some amazing players. So we will get into that shortly. But I suppose I want to just start by talking about that Leeds team, because that was such an iconic era for Leeds fans, wasn't it? Just, just remind us of some of the players. You had, you well, like, had Rio in that team, Harry Kuhl, Ferdinand, Kuhl, Kuhl
2: Boya, Vaduka, Alan wow. Smith. with a real top yeah. team, but all young. Yeah, So it was like playing with your mates.
0: What was, it like? what was the team spirit like was it, was it yeah, every, every single day
2: you're coming into training and you're you're having a laugh yeah. as well as as playing and I think that showed on the pitch as well we the fan we loved the fans they loved us and mm. we could really we found a rapport mm. with the fans and they could relate to us because we come through the youth system most of us mm. and then got to play for the, the the top team do
0: you have a highlight from your time at Leeds Leeds I'd yeah. say
2: debut one regret really? about so many it, players say that don't yeah, they so we, we didn't win any we didn't win any trophies there yeah. So when you look at it, okay, we it was a it was a good team, but to be a great mm. team, you need to win trophies, and we didn't. Yeah. At that time, when, you know, we had to sell. We sold Rio to Man United. I yeah. went. Harry Q went. And then you could see from from that point, it wasn't going to be the same. I didn't even want to leave at the time. Mm. I was like devastated. I, I was Were going, you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the only thing I knew. I loved the club. Yeah. I, I came through the youth system there when I was fourteen years old. So to get all the way up, and to be told you've got to go, all the clubs going to go. Bust. Yeah, I didn't
0: want to do it. It's interesting you're saying that you, you could almost tell that that was the sort of, a, a bit of a decline. So how, how difficult moments were that when you're selling, I mean, you're talking about elite players that like you Rio Ferdinand because mm. the fans must have been devastated. But how, how was that as a player at the time? Yeah, tough because you want
2: to be successful in your career. So you want to play with the best players and the best players can get you to, an, to another level. So that was the, the biggest thing. <clears throat> but they all started going. Robbie Fowler went, Robbie King went. It's like, and they ended up get relegated, didn't mm, they? Yeah, it's amazing. he's he got now. back in the
0: Premier League, yeah, two years ago in mm, the Bielsa. Yeah, it's amazing the names that he talks about there. Some of those players. I imagine you played against some of those players, but just unbelievable team that, wasn't it? Mm, I mean,
1: again, I was probably quite young mm. at a time when mm. you know you guys were at your pinnacle, and just remembering Leeds and Leeds are a giant of, of you know football in this country. So mm. it must have been incredible to be a part of that and to be
2: able to help take them. Yeah, you know, and, and be a part of such a, a strong gr- yeah. dressing room as well. The journey as well, mm. from where you get to the UEFA Cup semi final, yeah. the Champions League semi final, and then it just goes downhill from there. Mm. I'm over the moon they didn't get relegated. You are, yeah. Oh, I was watching it. I was like watching the scores. Yeah, these uh, epic up, last day, up. wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Did, did you see that happening? Just talking about. No, Leeds I, th- I now. thought
2: Leeds would have stayed up. To did be you, you? Yeah, that I thought happen, they would have stayed yeah. up. Even if they would kept Bielsa, I thought they'd have stayed up.
0: Yeah. Okay, it went down the last day, but yeah. They've yeah, lost a lot of players this season, haven't they? Incredible last day. Um, you then moved to Newcastle. So tell us about how that sort of came about and, and your mindset at that, at that period of time in your career. Well, I, I, didn't,
2: I didn't want to go. but Bobby Robson being a, a top manager, mm. and I was thinking to myself, Bobby Robson, unbelievable yeah. manager. Alan Shearer, legend of a player. Yeah. Gary Speed, they had a young team as well. Yeah. So I just thought, let, let, let's do it, even though I, I didn't want to go.
0: Really? And that's mm. that's more that you didn't want to leave Leeds rather than you yeah, didn't, I want to didn't go to New Yeah, West
2: I didn't level. want to leave Leeds. Yeah. That that was the biggest thing for me. I was happy at the club, I was settled, I was playing with good players.
0: Mm. Did you have a best player that you played with in your career? You that's a single one would probably jumping forward a bit. You'd to, probably say
2: there's the, the Dan. So, oh. You'd probably say there's the not Dan, bad That's not a bad one, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just on the training pitch, you can't get the ball off him. He's mm. so graceful in his in his movement. Just a, an ultimate player, but a good a good man as well. Yeah, humble.
0: Is he? What's he like? Off,
2: off just, just just humble. Just yeah. really down to earth. Nice, nice man.
0: Mm. Um, looking at your career, obviously we had so many highs. We're going to talk about you, you winning the league cup for Tottenham as a proud day for me. I was at the at the game behind the goal, um, but. Uh, injuries was a big part that that a lot of people talk about with your game so I just wanted to ask you about the first injury you had and and how that was mentally for you because I I, I bet you're annoyed with people talking about your injuries Mm. when they reflect on your career with everything that you did achieve but it is something that people talk about with you isn't it so so how difficult were those moments when you had injuries
2: when you have injuries as a footballer there's nothing worse because all you want to do is play football and it seemed to be like a a snowball effect with me I'd get one injury then that'd lead to another one but it all comes Come down to my back. and right. an unstable segment in my back. So even though I wasn't getting a lot of pain in my back, it was making me pull my hamstrings right. and my and my quads. And I had a lot of groin injuries. Yeah, But it was tough. It was tough to take, I'll be honest with you. Especially knowing that you could give a lot more. And when you look back on your career, okay, it was okay. But it could have been so much better if I didn't have so many injuries. Mm.
0: Do you think you played a lot of games where you weren't 100%? I,
2: yeah, hands down, most of them probably. Really? i was just sometimes trying trick my mind, if I felt my hamstring in a training session, I'd be like, no, that didn't happen. That, really? That wow. wasn't, because I wanted to play that much. Wow. So I was trying to, like, work my mind to say, he didn't feel that. Even it, though nothing. your body's
0: telling you you can't play? Yeah,
2: wow. I'd try and play.
0: It's usually because you hear, you hear yeah. the other side of it, players, if they've had a slight tweak, might go off as a precaution, yeah. but you were the opposite. You never wanted to, to go off, no, even I didn't if you weren't.
2: I wanted to stay on, even if, so Middlesbrough, I think it was QPR, It yeah. was Ben Gibson's debut. Oh my God! Oh, and Ben, I said you have to cover me. I've pulled my calf. This is during the game. You're this is during the game. Wow! So I stayed on last time yeah. But how's your
0: I performance couldn't, couldn't, at that point? I couldn't
2: handle. I couldn't handle the fans' groan of, oh, not again. Really? Like, oh, and I'd be walking off, and it's not a nice feeling.
0: So if you got, if you tweaked your hammy, then for example, in the thirty-fifth minute, hmm. you would want to stay on. Yeah, to get a substitute at halftime because you wouldn't want to hear the fans groan. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. What got me what I, to that point? Was it just an accumulation a, of stuff Do you something? know what, right? I was embarrassed.
2: I was embarrassed because my body kept on letting me down. Mm. That was the biggest thing, the embarrassment
0: of coming off. Oh, him again. Really? That was, a, that was a real one for me. So how many times would you say that happened in your career that, that you were playing through the pain barrier or, or that you'd stop yourself going off because you'd rather wait till half-time or full-time? No,
2: my last game for Madrid against Arsenal in the Champions League against henri Massive game. Yeah, so the debut, I think it was the last 16 or something. So the... I remember then, oh, it was towards the end of the session, mm. I got a slight hamstring strain at right. the back. Mm. So it's not gone, it's a strain? It's a little. It? Yeah. I'm trying to kid myself, but I'm thinking to myself, this is a huge game. Mm. Mm. You you, you want to play in this game? Mm. 10 minutes, hamstring just went. That really? was the worst walk in the world. Because I'd been injured that many times at Madrid. Yeah. I was running out of chances, if you know what I mean. Right, mm. because it's not going to keep you forever rather, if you keep them getting injured mm.
0: so, so that was your mindset in, in terms of <clears throat> wanting to play because you felt you had to play and you have been injured a few times before mm. and you simply had to start that game even though your body was telling you shouldn't have done yeah
2: that's, wow. what, that's what I was it's pressure you put on that. yourself yeah it? it's pressure you put on yourself mm. to, try and, to try and do it and but you said then,
0: the, the walk you said oh, the like walk, walk, you mean like the walk of walk, when you had to come it's off it's like
2: the walk of shame isn't it really you walk off and you've got like
0: 90 odd thousand just, and you just want the ground to swallow you on wow did you, can you relate to that with injuries I know you had injuries with your career in terms of the mindset that Jonathan's talking about of playing through the pain barriers is that something that you did a lot or were you the more cautious end of injuries how, how did you approach injuries that you probably had
1: probably similar to be honest and I think but from a different perspective because a lot of the times when I had injuries were just unfortunately at bad times in terms of I was maybe just on the verge of being out of the team or maybe just got back in the team mm. and you just think I can't not play mm. because if I don't play then, then what's going to happen where is, you know, which direction is my career going to take? Mm-hmm. And if you if you come out, it could just be one game and then that's it. You know, your opportunity's gone, someone's come in and they're flying and then it could take, month, take months to, you know, get back in the team or to rebuild trust in you. You know, as mm-hmm. you said, you know, yeah. it's one of the biggest things is that you don't want people to look at you like they can't rely on you
0: yeah. that's the
2: biggest thing in mm-hmm. football. Trust, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Can I trust him
0: And in terms of the day-to-day as well, I so many players talk about the psychological side of it when... All your teammates, I imagine a first team dressing, room, you've got the camaraderie, the banter, the friendship mm. group. I imagine it's an amazing workplace to be at. When you're injured, your day-to-day, is it a case of you're just in the gym on your own with the physio? Is, is yeah, that it's, hard to take it's as well? That?
2: It's, it, it's, that's the most difficult part when they right. all go out to training and you're all going in, in the gym and, and doing stuff. I remember in Spain, so I didn't I didn't know anything personally. I knew, I knew mm. David, David Beckham and Michael Owen briefly, mm. but they're all walking down. To the training pitch, and then you go straight into the gym. So I'm, i I, had to try and build relationships up with them. Wow, but mm. I couldn't do it when I was on the pitch. Yeah. So I had to just get to like to try and learn the language, like mm. to try to to get to know them, make them laugh, make mistakes, speaking the language, mm. just to try and fit in. Yeah.
0: Was that was that similar to you in terms of the day to day when you were injured as well? Was that was that a particularly mm.
2: tough period of your career?
1: I mean, that's a, the most difficult thing in football is yeah. not playing football for any player. You know, every everyone will say the same. You know, all you want to be doing is being out on that pitch playing and especially when you're in a new environment and in, mm. you know, a new team it's hard to integrate yourself when you're not playing yeah, it's tough because the first thing people do is judge you on how you play yeah mm. and so you want to go and then show you know this is why mm. I've, I've, I've come here because I can play as well so how was that like how was it trying to integrate
2: into was, the that, group with that? That was tough but like I said the most important thing for me to do then was to try and learn the language mm. and, and, and get to know the players. Um, mm. But that was, I'd say, the most difficult part of my, my career, that. Your whole career, in- yeah, integrating? In, yeah, in, in Madrid, definitely, because yeah. I was injured for a year. Yeah. Mm. And it was tough. And and we- I, had an op- I had thigh operation. I had Botox in it. Mm. I had everything. I was trying to do everything to try and get mm. fit. It was it was difficult because I was there on my own as well, 23-year-old yeah. <clears throat> over in Spain. I was going to ask about that. father back father back in Middlesbrough. Yeah. So I was on my own quite a lot. Yeah, I was going to I touch on that. The that, age that that was difficult. The age difficult. that you're at,
0: 23 years of age. Yeah, I'm still a senior player. You're there on your mm. own. So even if you weren't injured, that brings to it a lot of challenges, I imagine, as well.
2: It does, yeah. You've got to... I was, at the time, looking back, I was obviously devastated that I wasn't playing mm. for, the, for the biggest team in the world. But I had a, a mentality where that I'd always think I can get back. Mm. No matter what it was, even if I kept on... Because I kept on pulling my fire when I was there as well. Mm. So it kept on happening, it kept on re- reoccurring. So I thought to myself, I can get through it. But it were difficult times. Mm.
0: And what was your relationship like with the fans there as well? Because obviously we know Real Madrid fans, very passionate fan base. Yeah. Uh, obviously they're used to seeing so much success. Mm. Um, so what was that like? I imagine that must have been quite difficult. To, well, they didn't see you play for so long and obviously you're, you're so desperate to get out there. So how, how tricky was that? I
2: waited the way? a year. Yeah. And then I scored an own goal, didn't I, and got sent off. Yeah. The whole stadium stood up and clapped me. Mm. because they did me give interviews mm. and heard my, how I try to learn the language and I've tried to fit in. Mm. Um, so I think they, they appreciated it. Mm. But I just wish it could have gone a bit better.
0: Yeah, let's, let's, if we don't mind, just dwell on that debut, the red card and the own goal. After everything you've been through, you're learning the language, uh, you're, you're training so hard to get out mm. there with, with your teammates having been injured. How, how tough was that for you, that, that debut?
2: It, yeah, it was, it was difficult, but
0: I remember afterwards just,
2: on the, I think I was I was talking at one of the physios and Ronaldo came over. He said, "How are you?" I said, "Well, obviously gutted." He said, "Well, you back fit?" He said, "Great point, yeah." You back fit, yeah. Don't worry about the one. I think we won four one in the end, yeah. Which is such it's a valid point though, isn't it? It's a valid point. Yeah. You back fit, and he had his he had his injury problems, didn't he, when he was at AC yeah. Milan and yeah, Inter Milan. He had a lot of so he knew how I was feeling. Yeah.
0: Yeah, how important is that to have that? That I mean, some of the names we're mentioning here, but is are Dan, Ronaldo, just yeah. some of the players that you've played. I'll keep dropping. You keep drop, dropping the I'll keep dropping. Drop one into the next answer if you can as well. But having some of those players, like I'm sure you're dropping another in, but, yeah. but if Ronaldo puts his arm around you and says that, that must like someone who's been there and done it. Yeah, and he knows what I was going from because he
2: yeah. he saw me, most days putting the work in and trying mm. to get back fit. Mm. How
1: big of a thing mm. was it to have the fans clap you off though? Especially after going back in hindsight, where you, you get those groans and it feels like, yeah. you know, the world's on top of you, whereas they're
2: supporting you, yeah? They, they did at that time, but then when I came off against Arsenal, it was a bit like, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, okay. And I was like, oh, God. Be- because they'd
0: seen it before, you mean? That it was, because they'd seen it before, i kept on
2: getting injured. Yeah. That was the thing. And they thought they'd wasted a lot of money. Yeah,
0: What were the teammates like in that, in that period when you had got some You mentioned Ronaldo there, just, just something. I mean, are you there David Beckham, Michael Owen? All,
2: two lads that you knew all, very well. All I can say about the, the players is good people. Yeah. Real good people, just go in, do the work, go home. There's no, there's no antics, no big time Charlies. Mm. They've just gone on with the work, but the ability they have on the football pitch is, is on another level. Yeah.
0: Go on, give us some of the names, yeah. then we've heard a couple. Give us the, the sort of some of the starting 11 then because I remember that team so, Alibi, so well.
2: Carlos, Roberto Carlos, yeah, Figo was there as well. Figo, Zidane, Bex, Beckham, Gooty, Gooty would be some player.
0: Yeah, a lot of people say Goody that. Was is nice. Underrated, was you think, Gooty?
2: Awesome, really? Left foot, brilliant player, really? One of the best. Wow, it's
0: mm. not a bad Can't team, be. this Marv, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you then, feel that, that you are underrated, Jonathan? Because I've spoken to so many ex-players that when we, we speak about best players or, or players technically gifted or people would describe you as a Rolls-Royce of a centre-back and in that era there wasn't perhaps as many English sort of ball-playing centre-backs. Did you feel that you were underrated or underappreciated in your career? No, I, I don't really, I wouldn't really know to be honest because I don't ask
2: people views right. on it. I don't have, have a clue if I was underrated or not or right. overrated. Maybe I could have been overrated. <laughs> Well, if I, I'll tell you, over there. <laughs> All behind the camera.
0: I know, he's a massive fan of yours. You know but do you know what I mean? It, it was a time when a lot of, you know, we see now people are so good with their, their feet. It seemed like Jonathan was ahead of his time in that sense. He was a very ball-playing, technically changed, gifted
1: it? centre-back, wasn't it? will changed a lot. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, you probably feel like you may have missed the boat maybe in times as well, where even, you know, the outlook and the way we treat injuries has changed so much. So that may have been a difference as well, do you think? Would you, I mean, it's hard to say, and I, I find it difficult to answer the question as well sometimes, but do you ever look back in your career, you know, the, those high periods and look back with, and think, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have changed yeah, this? You, you
2: wish you could change different things. Mm. But if I look back now and thought, bloody hell, I'd just get, i would be, my mentality would be all over the place because there's so many things that didn't go right. I mm. like you say, your body right. lets you down in, in certain mm. situations. If I, if, I, if I went back and thought, I oh, wish I'd done that, I wish I'd done that, my, my head would go crazy. Interesting
0: though, but you look back on the the moments, like you said, the injuries, the downsides, mm. when, when you 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 obviously had such an amazing career, does your mind take you to the yeah, dark places the good place? It
2: should have been a lot right. better than it was. That's the big yeah. thing. You said that a few times now. That, yeah, is that, that is, something that you that think is, about a lot then? It's the biggest thing, yeah. yeah. Like when I think about Madrid, I'm thinking,
0: oh my God. Yeah. Well, body let you down. Do you put that solely down to injuries? It just... just Injuries, nothing you could have done. Yeah, because I know
2: for a fact I could have played there. Yeah. that could have been a success there. Yeah. But injuries, absolute killer.
0: So how do you look back on your time at Real Madrid, Jonathan, would you say?
2: Oh, was a failure. That's the one word I'd definitely use. Um, When you signed for probably the biggest team mm. in the world, you want to go there and make a difference. Well, I, I didn't, to be honest with you. Um, didn't, win, didn't win any trophies there. Hardly played. So that's how I'd put it down, it was a failure. When, you oh, when, f- when I look back on my career... Yeah it gets to me.
0: Does it? That, that particular that, period of your yeah, more really than anything more else? More than anything. Really? Because
2: you're on the biggest stage. Yeah. You know, and you, and you, your body let you down.
0: Simple as that. I, the injuries yeah, just just yeah, killed you the way you look it. back at your time. Did yeah. you not look back at any point and think I've signed for, in your words, the biggest club in the world, Real Madrid, putting on the iconic white shirt. There must be a sense of pride that you look back on that for you and your family at the time. Yeah, must have been incredible. Yeah.
2: Pride, brilliant, yeah. But when you go to one of them clubs then you want to go again and win things. And, and play I didn't yeah. play enough
0: is it that like what if feeling
2: you what if 100? yeah exactly you see him winning Champions League I think the, the year I left they won the Liga wow and I, was how, how, how what I remember watching
0: feel? because obviously it's your teammates you've just said that you ah, got them the well. So yeah I'm not going like, to lie I'm, I was I'm, absolutely devastated were you because yeah. I wasn't there
2: yeah I wasn't there but what I did I got back fit eventually yeah I played the season for Middlesbrough where I played really well and got back in England squad so wow. one thing with me as a player I never give up mm. I always kept on going I always
0: looked to try and Find something mm. um, within. Had So you said, "What if?" So I'm going to ask that question. What do you think would have happened had you not had injuries at Real Madrid when you came back and, and you got over that? Mm. If you were injury free, do you think your career would have taken a completely different turn? Yeah, yeah definitely. I'd have, mm. I'd have won the league. I'd have won probably Champions League.
2: But it's what ifs, isn't it? If some, if some buts, you can't turn back time. Mm. That's a, that's a how I look at it really. Mm. Um, and when you dwell about it. I don't really like it on the
0: train. I'll be devastated because I'm be probably thinking about it. Will you? Sorry, mm. we're bringing this up. Again. It's <laughs> amazing. Isn't it? So many players think back to what what they don't win, and mm. not what they have won. Is that it's it's a, it's a mindset that I think we all have. It's so much easier to remember th- the bad times and the good times, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm interested because even though it was something that's completely out of your hands, I mean, does that
2: make it more frustrating? Do you think the fact that you couldn't control it? No, I couldn't control it, and I, I tried everything mm. to try and get fit. Yeah. In the end, I even. Went back to, to Leeds and used my old physio, Dave Hancock. Did you? Just cause you wanted to just try absolutely everything it, to get back. Everything. Yeah. And he got me back fit. Yeah. From, from from that period. Cause I think in 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 Madrid I was doing like a, a thousand sit-ups a day. Like trying to strengthen all my core and my back. And I'm thinking to myself, a thousand sit-ups a day. But six pack. Buy a six-pack.
0: Pfft. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese greater <a> six-pack. Yeah. <laughs> got any photos we'll put, the, we'll, put yeah. the video, we'll put it on the video edit of this <laughs> a thousand sit ups a day yeah. every that? single day every single day yeah. wow I believe you so the way what, he looked at me he yeah, said that I, a thousand every single my, day i do I've, I've ever done, done a thousand myself. in my life how's so that going to get you fit doing yeah. a thousand
2: yeah. sit ups so if well, anything it's going to cause more instability <laughs> in your yeah. back hmm. I have a big six pack but what's, what's happening with your back <laughs> It's a really good point I, so I went, I went to use
0: Dave Hancock. who was the physio at Leeds United, and they let me use the facilities. Mm. So you, said, and you I said, got back fit. You said you tried everything. Just, I just wanted to elaborate on that in terms of what you tried. Is is, is this physio? Is this recovery? Is but, this ice baths? Just, just physios, through.
2: Botox injections, and I had to get the operation in the end. Mm. There was there was one time, the they brought this 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 fella over. He said he could get me fit. He wrote to the club. I said I can I can get him fit, and he put some grass on my leg. He boiled some grass in a pan, put it on my leg, wrapped it in cling form. I'm thinking to myself, what? I'm at Real Madrid again. I'm going from grass on me. Do you know what I mean? Who's Should this I... fella? I don't even know. He looked like Captain Birdseye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically saying to me, you got that desperate, your situation with injuries, that yeah. some random bloke who looked like Captain Birdseye rang you up, said, I'm going to boil some club up grass. And said, I can do and this. Put it around your leg. Yeah. And you said yes out of desperation. Try anything. Any other strange stories like that? Was is that the one that's... No, that's, a, to that's the peak. <laughs> <laughs> if they get strange, then... <laughs> any, any, anything you can relate to with that, Bob? Not in a sense. With injuries?
2: <laughs> but then I'm thinking to myself, in my mind I'm thinking, do they think it's all in my mind? Mm. Do they right, think right. I'm not really that bad? Yeah. Cuz something doesn't so, on, so on the scan. Do you know what I mean? If you go to the scan, and nothing's showing, and they're like, well, you're all right. And I think to myself, well, I'm not. Mm. Because I can't run. I can't do different things. Yeah. So then I'm thinking psychologically... Do they think I'm deluded or? Mm. And this is why I try in this. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. There's self doubt creeping. And then, yeah, in a, terms of like you, the way you look at yourself and your body. It's not like it's what's his opinion of me. Right. What do they think of me?
0: And how, how important is that for you? That, was that yeah, a big thing? Yeah,
2: huge. Yeah. Because I'm there on my own, aren't I? Yeah. Mm. So that was, a, that was a big thing for me. What does he think of me? Does he think I'm soft? Does he think I'm lying? Because I generally want to get fit here. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not getting fit.
0: Is, is, is these stories have you had anything like these with, with te- not yourself maybe but teammates that that, that go to any lengths because that's quite an extreme length to go to to well, overcome honestly, injury players it's,
1: will go to any length to really? get back on the pitch yeah. you know, they'll push themselves to the limit you know seeing people with as bad injuries as you can imagine and they'll find a way to get back as soon as possible mm. and it's normally the physio or coaches who are holding them back because you know they one lead, one injury leads to to three injuries because mm. you're, you're not, your body's not ready in general not just maybe it might be a knee it's like half oh, my knee feels okay but the rest of your body's not up to speed you're trying mm. to put it push it too far then you get quad, hamstring, calf in quick succession and it, all yeah. of a sudden you know another couple of weeks where you're taking your time leads to a long stretch out that's a, that's a, that's a,
2: <clears throat> a big thing I'd say the time mm. and when I was managing at Middlesbrough and Bournemouth I'd always say to like injuries mm. if it's a hamstring injury you take a Another ten days, I'd mm. never Would you I'd never push a player onto the pitch. Is that because no of way? Because I know what it's like.
0: Because you rush yourself back, you think, yeah. when you're a player. So your approach yeah. as a manager is very different to your approach. So what? Yeah, it is I, as a player?
2: I would never rush injuries. Really? I'd always take your time. Mm. Because that like just like Marvin said there, give maybe that extra ten days. Mm. Or if you do play, you could be out for another four weeks. Mm. So I I was always really, really strict on that.
0: So is the injuries just to sort of wrap up this section with injuries is that, is that the one bit of your career you look back on with almost the most is, is regret the right, right word because it's out of your control a lot yeah, of it it's out of my control is but that the thing that a... really grates on you the most from your career yeah that's the thing
2: when, when, I, when I look back that's the thing that really hampered me mm. and I should have had a lot of, a, a miles better career than I had mm. should have been a lot better
0: because I think we look at your England caps as well and p- p- people, I was surprised me did really
2: have an England career did I?
0: And how important was support network? Are those periods, like your family, friends, people around you, I imagine they had a, a big role to play when you were going through difficult times? I
2: didn't really, I didn't really tell them. Did you not? No. I, I'm one of them people who always keeps everything inside. So really? if I'm struggling or whatever, I don't tell anyone. Yeah. I just try and deal with myself. And Maybe that's a, it's a blind spot of mine, maybe. Mm. I do need to open up if you're struggling mm. with something. You need to speak to people, but I kept it all in. It's a very common thing for men that
1: mm. you we... Know, so had this discussion a lot now. Yeah. And it's a it's just a thing that yeah. keeps coming up that as men we're just almost too proud to say yeah. I'm I'm not good. Mm. I'm struggling a bit and I
2: need I need some support and I need yeah. some help. I think I think with it as well is that I don't like to give people my problems. Why not? Because they worry. Oh you don't wanna, you don't want to yeah. worry them with your problems? Yeah. Do you know what, what I mean? Yeah, I do you know what you mean? So when I was like with injuries and stuff like that, I didn't want to go overboard about it. I'd say i get there, I'm I'm mm. I'm doing okay, but i never want to put that strife on your parents for it. Yeah. For instance, I try, and, I try and keep it
0: in. This is such a common, you just alluded to, it. this is such a common theme that we have with this podcast, yeah. isn't it? Of, of the amount of players that have talked about a, a wide range of issues, but the, the common theme is that talking out seems to be so difficult for so many people. We, we've both spoken about it as well I mean, ourselves, haven't we? Yeah,
1: it's very much a, that case of, you know, I want to be the protector almost of everybody else and mm-hmm. I might just make sure everyone else is fine and, you know, I'm going to not worry about putting my things onto someone else, I'll deal with it. It'll be okay. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, it's just kind of, it just pushes you down. You know, you're always fighting against mm-hmm. it. This thing that's always like, oh,
0: you're not okay. And you're like, I'll be, I'll be fine. And I'll kind of push yeah. through it. Mm. And, and obviously your story is very well known. We, we've, we've spoken about it a little bit, but okay. I, just, I just wondered when you did retire, for you, w- w- could you relate to what Jonathan was saying there where you couldn't quite, you didn't want to burden people. You didn't want to talk about it all the time. But when you did tell your story, because I think it was a huge story when you retired at the age of 28 was that a real burden lifted for you that everyone knew what you'd been through and did that, did that help by speaking out that it meant that whenever anyone spoke to you they knew what you were going through and they knew your story
1: yeah I mean the biggest thing was probably a few years before that when I first spoke about it mm. I did an article um a interview speaking about it for the first time and that was quite scary to be honest because I was just like how's this gonna how's this gonna go down because I'm still playing yeah at the time mm. and thought you know that thing of how are people gonna to see me, how people gonna look at me, are they gonna yeah. think I'm soft? Am I gonna lose that element of trust within mm-hmm. my teammates from management, from staff, et cetera? And initially that's see, that was my first thought. And then yeah. how conversations happened from then, it was just overwhelmingly positive. And it made me think, oh, this is firstly, this is it's fine to talk about. But secondly, I had so many conversations with other people who yeah. were like very similar, mm-hmm. you know, we had, had a lot of similar struggles and felt like this in different times whether it's as low or you know, wherever they may be in their life, and mm-hmm. it's just such a common thing. So when you speak about it, it makes you feel better because you realise that so many other people can relate, and you're not just the only person. You yeah?
0: know, mm-hmm. that is the thing, isn't it? By speaking out, I mean by you doing this, talking about injuries. I'm sure there's younger players, talented players, that are thinking, oh, "It's so nice to hear this. Is, this is mm-hmm. I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. It must help so many people. It's a common theme that we have by talking. It's actually a brave sign, isn't it, to talk yeah, about? That must
2: it. have been so brave for yeah for, for Marvin to do that. I mean. I could never have done that, to be really honest. Looking. You could have done, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's, you've got to be so strong mentally to do mm. that.
0: Did you remember when Marvin's story came out? It was a yeah. huge story, wasn't it? And it was yeah, a, massive. It was a very courageous mm. thing to, to do, wasn't it?
2: That's what I mean. Coming, like talking about it, is the mm. hardest thing to do. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And full credit to do that.
0: Yeah, no, well said. I totally agree. Um, we're going to talk about. I'm, I think I'm quite fascinated to know how it's changed. Uh, You as a player, to you as a manager, which we're going to talk about um, shortly. But obviously, still talking about your playing career, um, something very tragic happened to one of your former teammates when you're playing. We all remember Gary Speed, phenomenal player, and and from everyone that spoke about him, a phenomenal person as well, by all accounts. It must have been so difficult when you heard the news um, that that he'd passed away and and taken his own life. How how difficult was that for you and your teammates? Because it was just such a horrible day for football and for for everyone involved, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it wasn't. Gary, Gary, how could you just describe Speedo as a, as a person? He was, he was an incredible person. Like he, he could do, he'd do anything for you. You could pick up the phone, he'd ring you out of the blue. He'd just ring you. I used to keep him in contact with him on, on the phone and stuff. And then for that to happen, and it was like out of nowhere, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was, I was, I was devastated. I remember watching the, I think it was Newcastle playing that day when and I was watching. I think it was Shade, Given and mm. Craig Bellingham were both, they were crying. So like it was a sad time, real sad mm. time. Because he could, he'd have been a top manager speedo Yeah, because he had he had it all really. Mm.
0: And since you say that, that he was always someone that would be there for other people that would ring up the yeah. phone. And, and, and does that make you think that there was no warning signs at all? Or going back to what you were saying about how difficult it is for people to speak mm. out, I imagine, as a friend, you you wish he had said something because obviously, yeah, it was but, so tragic what happened. Yeah,
2: so tragic. I mean, he was he was really close with um, Cher Given, Steve Harper, and oh. Alan Shearer. So you'd have thought he might have said something to them, mm. but we'll we'll never know why he did it. What he was going through—that's that's the biggest thing. What was he going through, from t- to make him do that? And had you ever that's had a,
0: conversations about that with with him or no? We, been, uh... no
2: one ever, no one ever knew. But to do that. So so difficult. Tragic. Yeah, I mean that's tragic. really the,
1: the most tragic thing when we talk about mental health and depression yeah. and, and you know going to those extremes is that you know we all even even small things that we just literally just spoke about there. Yeah. Like, we all just think we're okay, you know, we mm-hmm. can kind of just bottle up and cope with it and we don't wanna put anything onto anyone else and you, know, you speak about him there so fondly, of yeah. him being the person for other people as opposed to wanting other people to be that person for him, and that's you know again, that's such a common thing for all of us. Is that mm. we all want to be that person for other people. So we all say, you know, if you're struggling, mm. just give me a shout. You know, yeah, you know, no, no qualms. Just make sure you come to me, and we can have a conversation. But how often do we say, "I need to go and speak to you," yeah. or "I need to go and mm. speak to someone"? Mm.
0: You know? Yeah, so, so true that, and it's, it is, it is as you said there. So I could, I could tell just by your body language how tragic it was and how upset mm. it, it, it's making you just, just reliving that. And I suppose. There will be people listening to this that, that that are in bad places and that are struggling so I my mean, Marvin, you're the best person to answer this really because you do so much work with with calm with the charity. What advice would you have on people that that are listening because we, we don't want this t- to continue do we? We, we people need to speak out we, we want to be a force for good with this with this podcast So what advice would you have for people that might be struggling is it is it a case of just talking and and, and having a support network and, and opening up is is that key to all of this?
1: I mean, it definitely is key. I mean, talking is obviously one way we can communicate and you know, body language. You literally just mentioned there. body language is a massive thing. You know, there are things that we can pick up on that is just it's just there. You don't have to say anything. And you know, it could be sending someone a text or WhatsApp or a you know, message or whatever it may be that can communicate how you feel. You know, I think that's one massive element. But of course, it's, it's that feeling within of not worrying or not feeling um, shame or guilt Mm. or wanting to put your problems onto someone else Mm. because in reality everyone's going through something you know whether it's big or small however we interpret it because what may be small to me may be massive to you or Mm. these things uh, are so common so we should never feel like we can't have a conversation with someone or Mm. can't put some of our, our problems onto someone else because we'd expect them to put them onto us and us to help that's something that we we probably all say every single day to to someone that is close to us is Mm -hmm. if you're not okay make sure you let me know make Mm -hmm. sure you give me a shout make sure you call me and we put that expectation out there for other people but we also have to kind of try and learn about doing it ourselves as well and not feeling bad or guilty for it because i think me personally and i'm sure a lot of people can relate is that initially you feel guilty about Speaking about things because you think, well, someone else has got it worse. Mm. So you think, well, how how can I be talking about not feeling good when I know that someone else isn't in the same circumstances as me, or has less than me, or or is definitely worse off than me? But we all have different circumstances completely. So those Mm. are the two biggest things: is being able to communicate in in whichever way works for you as a person, and then just not feeling guilty or or feeling that you can't put anything onto someone else because. You speak about your parents parents are going to worry about you regardless mm. everything could be going perfectly they're still going to worry they're still going to call and say oh you haven't you, you haven't called me in a week or you're looking thin or whatever <laughs> yeah. it may yeah. be so you know things like that are, are so important and i think the more reminders we can give people of that i think the better yeah well said one suicide directly affects 135 people leaving a lasting impact on family friends colleagues neighbors and acquaintances it's important to know that if you've lost someone to suicide, you're not alone. There are organisations such
0: as Calm who can offer support if you're struggling. Yeah, well said, Marvin. I think it's so important to talk. And obviously, there's so much support available through Calm, which is Campaign Against Living miserably. I know that you do a lot with the charities, a fantastic charity. So there is support available. Uh, Marvin, we've got to talk about Tottenham for a bit. Is that all right? We've got experts player here. Well, we have to be there. <laughs> You knew <laughs> that I was going to cry by the scene. Uh, Woody, I was there. At Wembley Stadium, when you scored the winning goal, man of the match, lifted the trophy. It's actually, I think Marvin, you sort of reminded me of this. And that's actually Spurs' last trophy still. That's Um, a scary thing. That is scary, isn't it? But I'm not going to dwell on that side of it. I want to talk about that day because I had a great day out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, What was that like for you? Scoring the winning goal, man of the match, perfect day, wasn't it? Incredible feeling.
2: It was like... I remember scoring, I remember running back just thinking it was the best feeling i ever had. Yeah, The, the feeling of scoring at that goal to win, to win Spurs the Cup was an incredible feeling. And all the, all the stuff that I'd gone through with injuries and stuff like that, to really do that, I just felt like I'm back. Did you? I just felt I'm back. I've come over so many hurdles and worked so hard to get that opportunity. Yeah. It, was a, it, was
0: a, it was a great feeling that's one of the pinnacles of your career there so it's yeah. nice that you talk about that as well when you say you feel your England career wasn't what it could have been your Real Madrid career wasn't what it could have been you look at, look at that but n- nothing no one can take that moment away from you scoring a winning goal at Wembley hmm. with the trophy and a Man of the Match award I mean it's just extremely proud extremely yeah. proud to do it for a, a club like Spurs as well yeah. um, but
2: it, it was that feeling of I've done it yeah kind of thing
0: can I just say as well about that yeah. partnership? Spurs fans loved that partnership, Woodgate and Ledley King. But it—it it was you—you you, you touched on it earlier. Two players that didn't train all the time that had injuries, yeah. so, but together, um, it just worked, didn't it? And you had Michael Dawson as well. there so yeah. a, lot of, a lot of good players. I
2: think we could—we both read the game really well, mm. and we could both play with the ball. And um, we'd be lucky as well to have two forwards in Berbatov and King, and oh, we're an incredible partners. So it helps when yeah. you have that. But
0: going into that game, we weren't favourites no. against Chelsea.
2: Chelsea were favourites we were really a good team. Mm. But we thought on our day, we could have beat anyone.
0: Yeah, it was a tight tight game, wasn't it?
2: That one. 1-1. One, one, they went 1-0 one, one up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They went 1-0 one, one up and 2-1 extra
0: time, wasn't it? Yeah. Great feeling. Um, I wanted to talk about how it changed from Jonathan will get the player to Jonathan will get the manager and how how the dressing environment's changed. Because you said earlier on in the podcast that it wasn't something to to talk about if you, you kept things sort of bottled up. So, so how's mm. football sort of developed? Because you must have seen a lot in the game.
2: I think, I think... When I was playing, if I was a 19-year-old kid mm. or a 20-year-old kid and I went to see the, the manager at the time and said, I'm really struggling mentally, I think he'd just look at me and think I was probably soft. Really? Or,
0: and is, is that any manager? You're not, you're not picking one manager? No, that, not, I'm just, not, That's just the I'm, mentality that, that existed yeah. then
2: Yeah. I'm presuming, Yeah. by yeah. the way. I, but yeah, now course, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a different ball game. If I had a player come to me and said, I've got problems, mm. it'd, be, it'd be serious. Mm. You'd, mm. you'd contact everyone, you'd get all... All the people at the club with experience, you'd make them know about it. But that's um, a good thing, Marvin, isn't it? Yeah. It goes
0: back to what you're saying: is that earlier people struggling to talk. When you hear that from someone that's in the game as a player and a manager, and how far it's gone, that that's only going to help people talk more, isn't it? Mm.
1: I mean, you probably use your experiences, you know everything that you've been through, and think I wouldn't want someone to be in that position. Mm. And do you take that on as a manager now, thinking
2: I don't want these players to have to feel how I felt at times? Yeah. You just want players to be happy. Mm. That's why like, I want my players to come into training and be happy. And if they're not happy, come and speak to me. Mm. Mm. I, did, I, did, I wouldn't say I did it all the time, but I, I did if, if I was speaking to one of the players, I'd have a quiet word with them, say everything, mm. everything okay, life at home, things like that. Because if a player's lost form, what is it down to mm. mm. Is it down to... They're not preparing right or is it down to the mentality or mm. are they having problems at home? Have they just split up with the girlfriend? Has one of the parents passed away or a, or a relative just passed away? Because you, you don't always know what's going through a player's mind. So it's important that you, you speak to your players and, and you check how they are. Mm. Just, just just, little things like so that. So you must have
0: seen the dressing room come a long way then. Was that a common place when you were a player then that people just wouldn't talk about it? I mean, you didn't, you didn't have chats about mental health, say, when you were a player. It, was, that, was that the same with other players? It just, just wasn't spoken about? No. Not at all. I've never, I didn't hear the word mental health since the last few
2: years, to be honest oh, with right. you. Back yeah. then, no one really knew, did they? Yeah. Mm. Just thought so yeah. I'm feeling I'm sad or I'm happy. Mm. That's how it was. But now, it's big now. Yeah.
1: It's really big. You take that responsibility on yourself now as a manager to create that environment that people can come and speak to you and have that conversation. Yeah,
2: I, I always say to my players, my door's always open. Mm. Anything you need or you want from me as a manager, come and see me. If it's not football related, if it's personal stuff at home, mm. come and see me. I've got experiences and, and different things. I'll always, you can talk to me. Mm.
0: I'm not going to judge you, I'll always try and help you. Class, love that um, And of course One of the clubs You haven't spoken about Your boyhood club Middlesbrough Went there as a player Managed there Obviously lived there Very fond of the area The town, the people yeah. So getting the manager's job uh, that, that moment in, in your career That must again Must have been An yeah. incre- incredibly proud moment
2: Dream job mm. I was supposed to be going Actually to the Champions League final Liverpool Spurs on that Yeah club, I remember it I well had to do the interview Wow So my missus went With my son But yeah dream job I mean it was gonna. It was gonna turn that job down yeah. to your hometown club. Didn't got a plan. Didn't. Didn't. Didn't work. Um, I got a lot of abuse by the fans. Probably one over there. <laughs> he's just looking at <laughs> online stuff. Like, behind real, the like, Real. Like I'm not intellectually clever. Mm. Quite basic, and I would get called a hell of a lot of names. Fake, he's this is that. Mm. Um, you can't talk properly. That's what. I'd guess.
0: Does that make it harder because it's your own fans, you, it's your club. You played you, there, you supported them, you, you live there. Does that make it extra tough?
2: Yeah, it does. And I lost a bit of confidence to be honest with you.
0: As um, a person? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I didn't have. Not I'm, as a
0: manager, but just, just generally. So just doing as, as, as
2: a person. Yeah. And I've started um what's helped me, I've started doing a lot of the, the radio work now for, yeah. for five live and that's really helped me get confident again.
0: So that, that um, knocked your confidence more than, than than sort of playing and stuff that. Yeah, like, that was so that, that, did it? That, that was tough. It's tough and you got a lot of abuse
2: online. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you if you shot so much mud some of it sticks, is not
0: it? Mm. So mm. But. Yeah. So great job that you got. Obviously, dream job you described it as didn't quite go to plan. Mm. And I suppose was it tough with the whole COVID period as well? Was it was that a time that, that COVID was was the first lockdowns was were it, coming in? It was just after that, was it? Just the start of it. Just the start, it was yeah. the
2: start of it. I remember we played Charlton, beat beat them one-nil. Mm. I remember Previous to that, though, I had a meeting with with the chairman and my staff and chief exec, and said I got one thing to say to Jonathan. And he said, "If we if we get relegated, mm. you're getting us up, and if we get promoted, I mean, so if we if we stay in the league, we're going to rebuild the seven players out of contract, and, and you're going to rebuild it. Perfect. Anyway, went into COVID, mm. come out of COVID, got beat by Swansea three 0 Two days later, I'm sacked. He lost your job.
0: Yeah. When you got told you were no longer going to manage the football club, how difficult a moment was that for you in your career? Yeah,
2: really difficult. I was, I was devastated. You know, what a team you supported as a kid, played for, and, and then I was the manager. And it was the perfect job. Absolutely. But telling my kids was the hardest thing. Because my son just burst out crying because he was a, he was a middle of a fan. That was really, really tough. I was embarrassed as well. I was embarrassed that I'd, I'd lost my job so early on in my management reign. I mean, if your first job doesn't go to plan... It's, it's highly unlikely you're going to get a, a second one mm. luckily enough I, I did but just that that feeling of you know not not being able to, to do the job which you know you could have done yeah I, I, I'm was probably wanting to do it so I'm much wanting because to do it's it. your
0: club and any, any job that comes after that it's, mm. it's not Middlesbrough for you so that, that must have been particularly yeah, tough yeah
2: but like looking at all the players you were going to sign mm. trying to build looking at next season of like seven players out of contract how we what you can buy and what you can bring in mm. the chairman said he was going to back us in the in the summer didn't get to that point but yeah I was I was absolutely good it was a it was a drive home that I can't remember getting home really I cannot remember getting home I was just on autopilot thinking what has happened to you
0: and it's interesting you say the difficult part telling your son because these are things that we don't even think of on the outside. Yeah. You just hear you've lost your job, new manager comes in, you go to Bournemouth. It, you don't think of the day to day in terms of how your, your son feels and everything like that. And what
2: it was a blessing in the It was COVID at the time, mm. and he didn't. He wasn't at school, right? But I'd have been, I'd have been terrified of him going to school, maybe getting bullied or whatever. Your dad's lost. Your dad's this. Your dad's that because all the kids are Borough fans, aren't they? Mm. And kids these days can be quite cruel. Mm. So I was quite mm. fortunate that he was, he was off school at the time.
0: So how did you sort of overcome that? You said it's one of the, the lowest parts of, of your career you've spoken about before. It, it, you said it was the dream job, speaking to your son who was crying. Yeah. How, how do you overcome that it, and, and pick yourself in a positive state of mind? You dust yourself down. And I just think to myself, you can't cry about it now. Mm.
2: You've got to get on with it. It's only you can move on to the next level. You've got to have the right mentality now. You write down what you did wrong, what, went, what was good, what was bad, what could you do different, little certain things, and then you just, it's gone. Yeah. That's how that's I try to deal with things, it's, it's done. It's water under the bridge, you've got to move on from it.
0: You you really did have it hard there, considering all that you said. Covid was just starting at that point. You had players out of contract. Mm. It was more than just managing on the football pitch. There was a lot of issues you had to deal with. Would that be fair to yeah, say?
2: Yeah, definitely a lot of issues. But you still need to do better as a as a as a manager. I still, there's a lot of things that I could have done better, um, and a lot of things with like you say with out of contract, seven out of contract senior players. Mm. You know, quite a few injuries to good players, and having to get eighteen million back in the kitties mm. not easy but you still need to do better. It's
0: amazing how honest you look back in your career. Like you were saying, your England career, you described it as almost non-existent even though you played eight times for your country. Mm. Real Madrid, you played for Real Madrid but you said, what if? You're looking at Middlesbrough said, you should have done better. Do you, do you think you're quite harsh on yourself? Because nah. in this country, <coughs> you are considered one of one of the centre-backs in Premier League era. Lots of former players we speak about mm. talk about you with such glowing praise. Do you, do you feel that you are quite tough on yourself?
2: I think I am, yeah. Mm. But I like high standards. That's what it boils down with having high standards. When my son's playing football, I try not to be too harsh on him. Mm. To be honest, I try to be more positive with him. Right. Um, But yeah, that's just me as a person. I've always tried to have high standards. I've always tried to be the best as I possibly can be. That's how I. That's how I look at it. I've done as well as I, well as I could, and that wasn't Mm. good enough in the end. Do you enjoy managing? Love it. You want to love it. Get back into it. No, I love it. Yeah, I love. I love being a manager. I love coaching players. Mm. I love dealing with players. I love Mm. the pressure. I, I L- love the I, pressure. I love the pressure, yeah. Do you? Really and in
0: terms of pressure on match day, training days just every all day. of it?
2: Every Every day. We really? used to do a lot of media as well. That's the only. <laughs> you don't love it? Yeah, I do I'm getting better at it.
0: I am getting better <laughs> I think better it's all right. I right. think it's, I'm, it's getting I'm getting better at it. I would never have said otherwise. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't, you better. didn't strike me as someone who doesn't like the media. No, no. I'm getting better. I think
2: I it's. I wouldn't say I don't like it. Right. I said you do a lot of it.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's relentless could, it's four relentless. cameras in front of you no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people that yeah. really are it is relentless isn't it, is, it
2: it is relentless
0: and how does it compare to playing because obviously we, hear, we speak to so many players and managers that just say nothing compares to playing but it's interesting hearing you talk about management in such glowing terms like you're mm-hmm. just itching to get back in when you win a game it's the best feeling better than a yeah, player for me why because
2: you've done the job you're the right. manager of that, that group of players yeah. it makes you proud like when you win when you win on a Saturday when you're a player yeah brilliant yeah done next you yeah. yeah whatever yeah <laughs> tall, tall trees <laughs> and then as a, as a manager it's just the it's the best for it's like pure euphoria when it when the yeah. when, the whistle goes and everyone says oh you
0: need to be same if you lose if you if you win that's yeah. that's, that's, that's tough so that's i tough. imagine if, if it's more of a buzz when you win as a manager is it is it what? harder when you lose as a manager oh, as well when you, when you lose as a manager so just say if my wife's got friends around or whatever yeah
2: she knows that I ain't going to be sociable. So
0: really? hang oh, yeah, a minute. Emotional. But what if yeah, your wife's yeah. got mutual friends around? No. So you've got a wife and a husband. You're both mates with them. They're coming no, around. No, 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 no. You've just lost a game. Uh, oh. How does that Saturday night go? Horrendous.
2: <laughs> no, she's <it's laughs> yeah, horrendous. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's what the happens? worst talk me it. I don't talk to them. <laughs> I, was walking, I, just, I walk to the kitchen and walk into the room. I won't. I just like...
0: So if me and Marv are mutual friends with you and your wife. And we came she around. Like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> They'd know straight away.
0: Really? No straight away.
2: Wow. That's how it is. But then you've got to go into training the next day. Yeah. You've got to be a drama teacher. Yeah. You're gonna walk around with a smile on your mm. face, positivity. Even though inside it's that's that must be tough. It's tough, yeah. but you've got to you've gotta do it, haven't you? It's on and your you. shoulders, isn't it? Yeah. Like
1: being the person because as you said, it probably feels more so because you're the one, you're the one that's driving that. So mm. when it's not going well, mm. it must be tough to then turn it around and go, I have to find a way to make everybody else pretend at least
2: that it's okay. That's exactly what you've got to do. And you can't go to, you go to faces either as
0: a manager, can you? What's that? You can't go to faces either as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of enjoy it, but he's no. not really selling management to you, Marvin. You think it's with a lot of. It seems like in the <laughs> outs, there's a lot of pressure on the management side, doesn't it?
1: It is, but you know, um, it sounds like it's what you're made for. Yeah. It sounds like what you are most passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Just the way you, you speak in comparison, even to playing. Mm. You know, you don't.
2: It feels a lot more. You feel a little more free on when you're speaking about it. You need the right opportunity as well. Mm. So Middlesbrough didn't go to plan. Bournemouth had done a, done a good job at Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, so then you just have to wait for the right one.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Bournemouth as well because obviously Middlesbrough, you had that, that attachment as your club. Bournemouth, yeah. you went in, did a really good job at Bournemouth. Seems to have a good relationship with the fans, but again, you had all the COVID issues were there. So was that again a, a job that I imagine you thoroughly enjoyed, but there was a lot of circumstances that, that were tricky to manage as well? Was yeah, well,
2: I didn't, I, under, I didn't enjoy it at the start because oh. Jason Tindall bought me yeah. down and two days later, he gets sacked and I'm asked to step in. Mm. I didn't enjoy that at all. Mm. And that was difficult. Uh, didn't know any of the staff. So you can imagine I've just gone down, didn't yeah. know anyone. Tried so to get to know them quickly, to get to know the personalities, not mm. just the coaches, mm. secretaries, chefs, kit men. Yeah. Because you have to, with so a sport you club, you've got, a man- you've, got, you know, you've got to yeah. manage everyone. Yeah, You've got to manage everyone.
0: Mm.
2: So that was interesting, to be honest with you, but... Enjoyed it towards the end. Really, really loved it.
0: And how tough was that? Obviously, logistically, just from from the map, you you I couldn't your family based further away. No, could exactly. I? You found family based in Middlesbrough. Yeah. It's, it's the opposite end of the country. So did they come down with you, Were you on your own? They how, come how was down that?
2: for the first six weeks. Fine. But then I found I found that really difficult being away from my kids yeah, and my wife. That was that was tough. I got my son was been eight, my daughter had been four. Wow. And I wanna I wanna spend time with my family. Yeah. I don't wanna be away all. the all the time. Mm. And I really did, I struggled with that.
0: How did you deal with that? How did you sort of overcome that? We just.
2: Yeah, when I got a day off, I'd just, I'd drive home. Would you? Yeah, because I miss them that much. Yeah. yeah. I love being with my kids. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, and I want to create a life. Mm. I want it to remember me. Mm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm. And all the good things that we can, we can do together. Mm. I want to be part of their childhood growing up. Yeah, I love that.
0: But when you say drive home, that, I mean, in Five one hours. day. Five hours there, five hours back. Yeah. So you're not spending. I imagine a yeah, but you're there, right? Yeah. you're yeah. there for
2: a good amount of time. So after the game on a Saturday, yeah, I drive home. So you would have all day Sunday, and I drive down, Monday morning. It's a lot of things to deal with, you know, mm. throughout COVID in
1: general, you know, because you're trying to get up to speed with knowing the staff, the chef, yeah. the the players, as well as trying to help them play better. You know, you're trying to deal with a lot of these. you what's going on with your family, and not yeah. even being close enough to. To be able to yeah. see him how do you manage all of that
2: it, it's it's a tough it's a tough scenario you, you get on the, the first time as, as much mm-hmm. as much as you can and you keep yourself busy that's mm-hmm. the one i actually just keep myself busy all the time what i did enjoy about COVID was the, the masks because i could walk about bournemouth and no one would come over here <laughs> so you have your mask on don't you just walk around i'm not no used, to, you're not used to doing it are you <laughs> no it's
0: well, true I'm not,
2: used, I'm not used to doing it so get your mask on go for, try and just keep yourself as busy as busy yeah. as possible I think that's good Keep advice your mind as well, it?
0: It. keeping yourself busy mm-hmm. is always... We, we routine. People, routine is important. And, key. and physical exercise yeah. and things like that are important. Can I ask you about the COVID situation? Because I was going to so many football clubs with, with various interviews and obviously the protocol was excellent. There was remote interviews. There was players were told what to do and it, it was handled very well and it was, it was a completely unknown situation to start. Very difficult for everyone to deal with. Yeah. But for a manager, because I imagine for the players you just get told when you're allowed in, when you're not, when, when you're having a, a meeting over Zoom, when you're training. Mm. But... For a manager, you've got to organise all of that in a, in a new environment. I mean, I imagine you're having chats over Zoom with players. You there was areas that you couldn't go to in in, in certain parts yeah. of the stadium. How difficult was well, that? Well, you had
2: to be you had to be in, only in a certain area of the training ground. You couldn't even eat there. Mm. This was at Middlesbrough when it first yeah. started. You couldn't even eat at the training ground. The players, I get ready in the car. You had, to, you had to like wipe down all the mannequins, yeah. all the balls, and everything because everyone's just going crazy about this COVID. Mm. And then it, to deal with like players like foreign players how were they feeling there was a lad over from france harold harold um McCudie. how was he dealing with it It can't have been easy he's a 20 year old kid over in england without his family without his family yeah yeah on his own how did he deal with that mm. he had no he had
0: no friends so so had how, to try how do you approach that as manager is, is that an instant where you say man management is so important that the dress room's come a long way. You, you say, come come and speak to me. You just try and do all you can outside mm. of football. Because I imagine a lot of your conversations probably weren't to do with football. It was about, like you're saying, mental health. How yeah. are you dealing with the logistics? That's a, that's, that was the biggest thing. How are these players' mm. mentalities? How
2: are they dealing with the situation? Because you can imagine a, a young kid coming off from France must have found it tough. Mm. Or he was from he's from Holland. Mm. Must wow. have been really tough for them, but you, you speak to them on the phone and... Mm. Not all footballers are forthcoming with a lot of information, are they? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you've got to try and price out of them how you're you really feeling.
0: Yeah.
1: Did it- your experiences going abroad help in that situation when you're like, I kind of understand how they're feeling because you were a young person, went to Madrid, didn't yeah. know the language, didn't know people, and you were totally away
2: from the group because of the fact that you yeah. injured. Totally. And, and that was one thing that when the players do come over, I did try, like with, with Harold, um, I did try and speak to him often. Mm. And even though he could speak a little bit of mm. of English, and obviously my French isn't great, so I used to get Rudy <laughs> instead to translate for me. Did so, you? How was he, Rudy? Yeah. Any problems? Does he need anything off of me? Yeah. Does he need any help with anything? Yeah. But I knew I knew how they were feeling. Yeah. Because it is when you when you when you're away from your family and abroad and stuff. It is it is difficult.
0: And I suppose is that the toughest part of, of management now is you alluded to back then, and you, you didn't single anyone out, but but it, it wasn't spoken about things like that. Whereas I imagine to be a manager now, you go to all the the, the training courses, get all your badges. Mm-hmm. So as a football coach manager, you've got all, all the experience to manage on the football pitch. But actually, there must be a lot to deal with with younger players, with social media, with mental health, with issues of discrimination that we've seen, all, all of these things that we're trying to improve on as a, within mm-hmm. football and in society as well and as a manager these probably a lot of these things aren't taught to you in terms of how you handle them is, is that tricky as a manager I imagine there's a lot to deal with, with yeah lots
2: to deal with and like you say it's not just the, the pitch stuff mm. most of your time at times is dealt with off the field stuff and problems players are facing or what's happened to the family but you're not just dealing with all the players you're dealing with the staff as well mm. how do you manage your physios how do you manage your kit, your kit men your chefs how are you going to manage them how are they feeling mm little things like that. But as well as that, when you look at kit men, they're so important. Really yeah. important. Because everyone, everyone goes in yeah. the kit room. Mm. And all the players are in there. So anything they'd say in the kit room, make sure you come back to me if it's important. I don't want you grasping up on them. <laughs> <laughs> make sure it comes comes back to me if it's important. Yeah. And I need to know about it. That's, That's interesting. You.
0: That. Did you find that kit men were an integral part of yeah. just from Jury?
2: they're a the, the life of most football clubs.
0: Really? You
1: know, because mm. it's just a safe space, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that that's the way that football's changing now anyways, that yeah. just the dressing room, the whole club training and training room environment is a safe space yeah. because as mm. you, you know, alluded to before, football you can have this conversation in football before because mm. if, it, if it did get back to the manager, how's that going to be if, if it you know, got out to one of the lads? It's almost like a secret you want to keep. Mm. So that's where football has come on such a long way. And you know, as, as a manager, it's probably a lot. I mean, it's a lot of pressure on you mm-hmm. because you're dealing with so many different people,
2: so many different elements. Different personalities. Yeah. How'd you do it? So you, you, you've got a young boy from London yeah. and you've got a young boy from the Northeast. They'll have mm-hmm. different personalities, mm-hmm. but you've got to get to know them and you've got to bring them mm-hmm. together. I'll tell you a good one, Jed Spence. Yeah. He's done really well. Yeah. My first day in the job, he knocks on the door. All right, Jed. He goes, Gaffer, someone's nicked me trainers. That was my first day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Knocked on my door and someone's nicked my trainers. I was like, "Go and get a pair, of Jed." It's just like that type of mentality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but he was a he was, a, he, was a, he was a lovely boy. Yeah, real good kid. Come from London. Yeah, come to the northeast, but a good kid. But then it, it different to a Dale Fry. He was born and yeah. bred in Middlesbrough. Yeah. So how do you deal with the, the personalities of both?
0: So Dale Fry isn't the kind of player that would knock on your door saying. No no, "No, no, no." Someone's nicked Different
2: personalities. How do you deal with these players? Yeah. And how do you put this? this squad together and yeah. this
0: team. must take a lot of time as well. Just it takes a lot of thought yeah.
2: of how you're going to deal with different people and, and different players and what pushes the buttons, mm. what you don't need to do.
0: Do you think you you, you mentally are in a different place to, to when you were a player? Because if, if you're saying you can knock on whenever you want to your players, mm. if they're coming to you with problems, I'm not going to ask what players have come with individual problems, obviously, because that's between you and the players. But you said in, in, in your playing career, it just wasn't spoken about. So do you look, look at life in a different way now that if you were struggling you would open up more because the management side has taught you that side. Yeah, I think
2: that's, that's important about opening up and, and, mm. and speaking about your problems because a lot of people have got problems mm. probably in, in this room now. Yeah. When you, when, you, when you look around, there'll be someone in the room who's really struggling. Mm. So it's important that people do come out and, and talk about the problems. Footballers for sure because mm. they will have problems, they'll have pressures, they'll have stresses, they'll have different areas in their life that at the minute aren't going to plan. Mm. Sort of come out and, and talk about problems that they are having is only going to be good.
0: Mm. I've got to say I don't know if you agree with me, but you, you seem like you've got such a passion for management, and is, we we speak to mm. players that love their playing. Career, but it seems like you are just itching to get yeah, back to get into back it. In. Is is there? A, like I say it's got to be. It it's got to be the right it, job. It has to
2: be the. Has to be the right job.
0: Mm. Is there a level that you look at in terms of where you'd want to get back? Or? On league two, league one, no would problem. you? I'm not going to go to the Premier League, that's for sure, i Yes. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> and is that something that you, do you have a, a level that you'd want to go in or a time frame or is it is it all about the right job at right the time? right
2: time? about the right job at the right time. Mm. Mm. Let's see.
0: Watch this space. Let's Here we see. go. I suppose just finally, just talking about the resilience that you had as a player, as a manager, the things that you've overcome with, with injuries and, and mm. moving abroad at a young age, just really just to end the podcast, what your advice would be for people that you just alluded to there. A lot of people might be struggling with things we don't know. What your advice would be to people listening to this podcast? Just
2: to to come out and and speak to people and put your point of view across. If you're really struggling about anything, I really get bad migraines. Like really bad migraines, yeah. And it gets you down Mm. because I can get them in like, I could get maybe three migraines in a week and it'd get you down because you're you're bedridden for those days. Little, little little, things like that they can, they can get to you. Um, yeah, just come out, speak, let people know how you're feeling and how you, can, how you can get better as a, a person. Just little, just little things.
0: That's great advice. Marvin, brilliant to have Jonathan on the podcast, isn't it? Absolutely, nice yeah. Absolute legend. Always a pleasure to welcome a former Spurs. And I think um, top player we know, but top person, I think your words will help so many people. Thank you so much for coming on, mate.
2: Cheers Thank you. so much. Thank you.